0: episode 33 of flights football and anything else
1: I'm Dave and
0: I'm Mike how you doing Dave
1: better than most not as good as some Mike how are you doing
0: wonderful uh, the only complaint I have is my favorite baseball team sucks other than that yeah I saw that. wonderful doing wonderful
1: saw that hey we've got a, we've got a pretty um, a pretty decent lineup tonight. Uh, with our tastings first one on the docket from Midland Brewing Company here in our kind of our back door here in Midland Michigan we've got the Midland Brute IPA but um, the Brute actually that style of IPA is fairly new uh, for those of you that are not aware of this Um, it started in San Francisco in 2018 um, at the Social Kitchen and Brewery And I'm not gonna try to. I've I've, I know I've butchered uh, her last name, but Kim S. uh, Brewmaster there decided to try some champagne yeast uh, in brewing the IPA, and uh, came out with something that uh, quoted from one of the articles that I read on it. It's the opposite of the juicy, sweet New England IPA, so it's very dry. This will be the first brute, I think, on the pod. Yes. Or have we tried one before and we didn't
0: really know? I believe we've had one other one. We have. I'd have to check. Not Uh-oh. even not from Midland Brewing though. No, no, no. But uh it makes sense that it's from Champagne though, because I remember in my days working the wine room at Muhlenbeck distributing, um, Andre, that was one of their flavors of uh oh, right on champagne's was a brute. Okay. I yep. always used to call it brut, but yeah. brute brut, tomato, tomato. tomato, tomato that's right. That's I like the back, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, I like the can a lot.
0: Uh, Comes in a pint, which is always a plus. Oh,
1: the details. Almost forgot that. Um, We're starting off slow at a 4.6% ABV, 28 IBUs. The untapped crowd put it at a 3.72 with uh, just a little over 1,300 check-ins. All right.
0: Fewest check-ins of uh, the three that we've had. Of the three, yep.
1: Yep. Here we go. Into the right brain brewery glass. As am I. Had a nice trip up there, those of you that listen to the pod.
0: It does have a little champagne color to it. And very bubbly. Yeah, very bubbly. But a nice pour. Yeah, we're almost professionals at the pours now, so. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.
1: yeah a little drier but not not like you might think not it, not how they not how they describe it
0: and the only thing that's saving it for me is on the finish you get the IPA taste mm-hmm. for sure up until that point it's all champagne in yeah. which that's a part of like new year's eve which by the way neither one of us a few pods back neither one of us mentioned new year's eve as our favorite holiday in the random question
1: yeah it was weird it was really kind of after the fact maybe right was,
0: but um uh, that's one of my dreaded moments of new year's eve is when everybody has a thing of champagne because oh, yeah. i do not like champagne at all well like i say on the finish you get that ipa taste, sure. which is a, which is a savior in my opinion um what do you got for us oh uh, sports sports and more sports uh let's start with baseball we we're Pretty much a weekend of the season, two weeks, yeah, week to ten days. And the m- most interesting stat that I found of the young season was uh, 2020 is the, was the first season in the MLB since 1954 that didn't have a team start at season three and zero. Oh. So everybody was two and one or one and two. Well, or they're, they're, I think there's a I think there were a couple of zero and three teams in there, but nobody started three and zero and the only other of the big four leagues that had a streak longer than that uh the nfl has went since 1951 when it was a 12-team league where no team started 3-0 so you know parity parity but quick starts in a 60 game season yeah. are going to be uh, key because it's in 162 game season if you start out Two and six—it's like ah, long way to go. Well, two and right. six in a sixty-game season is a <laughs> nice chunk of the season, and you're almost automatically in trouble, such as my Red Sox. Right, um, they stink. Uh, uh, their best, their two best pitchers, Sale. We knew wasn't going to pitch this year because he decided to have Tommy John surgery, and he did go under the knife before they got rid of the unnecessary surgeries. So he should be ready to go for 2021. And then Eduardo Rodriguez has a heart condition, and they just announced yesterday that they, they thought he could be back this year, but they realized what a shitty team they are. And it was like, you know, with the heart, with the COVID. Why risk they it? Yeah, just shut it down. So the Red Sox were without their two top pitchers. You know, Betts is now in the, with the Dodgers. Uh, Martinez and Devers. Uh, couldn't hit their way out of a wet paper bag th- for the first 10 games of the season. And currently right now they're beating the Yankees 5-3 to tonight, but I'm sure the Yankees will throw up another dozen runs because the Red Sox have no pitching. To, uh, right. Show you the type of year it's been for the Red Sox. First game against the Yankees. Runners on first and second, one out. Kevin, n- Newcomer Kevin Plar of the Red Sox is on first base. Shallow fly to right field. Judge routine. Judge has a cannon, no doubt. But yeah. runners on first and second, one out. Where's the guy on first going? He's not going anywhere, <laughs> right. and he gets doubled off. And it's like, how, how do you get doubled off first base in the big league? I mean, that's something you yell at your fifth grader in little yeah. league. That you know yeah. when it's like where because you are you can't go anywhere if the guy on second is on second. Right. And that just shows you where the Red Sox are at. But they're still my team, and I'll bash them all sixty games because they suck. Uh, yeah, that's too bad. The other thing, anybody knows the whereabouts of uh, Jonas Suspidus, please contact the New York Mets because apparently, <laughs> apparently he's so scared shitless of the COVID he just decided he's he didn't show up to the game today in Atlanta and midway through the game had his agent tell the Mets he's done. Oh, God. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Did his, he say that was the reason? Yeah, he's just – safety risk wasn't worth it i think the fact that he's 34 years old and was like one for 47 and uh he did homer against the red sox but other than that he hasn't done anything he's 34 years old hasn't played since 2018 possibly a convenient excuse right and then uh which leads us to the other like we talked about records and whatnot the miami marlins one and three or one and two this year because most of their games have been scrapped by play 20 well, players yeah. Twenty players tested positive, so yeah. they're quarantined and postponed until at least tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, Rob Manford in natural, the world that we live in, state, says, this season's going to be over. We can't go on like this. The next day, he did say that I ain't no quitter. Uh, so he, <laughs> want, he intends to finish the season. But the baffling thing that really frustrates me on the whole thing is... There were 11,000, this is two days ago, so I don't know how many tests and positives. I know the Cardinals had a couple more people on their right. yeah, test two. today. Yep. Um, so these numbers are like from two days ago, but MLB had ran 11,895 tests.
1: Right.
0: 29 of them were positive, and that's players and staff. So that means there's 11,866 negative tests. If you... Do the percentages that breaks down to ninety nine point seven? So that's less than a half a percent. Or, so you're going to tell me you're going to shut the season down for less than a half a percent?
1: Uh, now those eleven thousand, they're so they're testing.
0: I think I think they get tested every day. That's staff and players.
1: Well, yeah. So you're talking about multiple. Right. Um, so you're at
0: less than a half a percent. Didn't baseball didn't when? Somehow, unlike the, statistically,
1: I'm, though, you gotta you gotta figure how many people are getting tested like you said
0: well uh, that would be the number of let's say each team has 50 players and staff so 50 times 30 right that's uh 150 yeah 1500 1, Fifteen hundred. sorry um, Forgot a zero. okay so it's 1500 different it's in 29 of the 1500 so that brings a percentage mm-hmm. up but yet that's that's what this thing is you test every day and sure. you get a negative one day right in the very next day you could be positive but what i'm saying is at a break, I'll figure. I'll do the math on fifteen hundred divided by or um, fourteen seventy one divided by fifteen hundred at the break and see what that brings the percentage up to. But of a, of all the tests, it's right. less than half percent. Yeah. Now oh, the, the other two yeah. the the other two leagues are in a bubble atmosphere. MLB, there's travel involved. They minimized it and like yep. teams in this area play in this area. Teams in this area, yada yada yada. Correct. So. Did anybody think Major League Baseball was going to be at 0% all oh, year long no. under those no, conditions? No. no,
1: they shouldn't have. That would so, be dumb.
0: Right, exactly. So it's just like, you know, and then Lorenzo Cain shut it down because he was in fear of his safety. So he's opting out of this season. And their unions and everything are too powerful and too good. So he's going to get paid. I don't know if he'll get paid full wage, but right. um, and that's how good the MLB player union is. But in my mind... You should, that's that's your choice you, you fear for your safety you don't get paid just like the pac 10 i see the players went on a bunch of pac 10 football players said they they are likely to opt out unless the pac 10 can guarantee some type of safety yada 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 whatever whatever sure and in my in my honest opinion if those players choose to do that they should lose their scholarship i don't care and everybody oh no you can't do that this is COVID. it's like i have to if i tell my employer i'm I, i'm not coming to work my employer's going to say, okay, we'll find somebody else for you, and I'll be out of a job. They signed on to play football in the Pac-10. The pac is going to try. Whether, they, whether it happens or not sure. is yet to be determined. Right. But they've minimized it to a 10-game conference schedule starting September 29th, yada, yada, yada. Yep. And if these players opt out, that's fine. Thumbs yeah. up to you. They should lose their scholarship, in my opinion.
1: Right. Oh, wow. Where am I with that? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put a lot of time in that, I'm going to be honest. I, I guess at, at this point, that's a good argument you have. Um, a lot of colleges are opting not to cancel their scholarships.
0: Right. That's the weak, that's, that's their choice. That's their choice, and that's the weak government and society the United States has become. You're going to coddle everybody and woe is me. Oh, you're right. Okay, don't play. Just like the NFL brought up, because the NFL has an opt-out clause too. Now what the NFL is worried about Is they want to change the date of the opt out because there's there's some of these guys that are opting out and like you're scratching your head is like, who opted out? Who is he? So some of these guys want to (laughs) opt out before they're cut. Right. And if they opt out before they're cut, then they're guaranteed whatever because like the like the major league baseball, the NFL has a pretty strong union. Right. So they will technically they're on a team so if they say well i'm opting out well you can't get cut because you opted out of the season for fear of your health which just it's craziness right so you you don't if you just stop coming to work right you're not going to get paid right that's my humble opinion that's the
1: way a lot of that's the way it works for most people
0: in the u.s i mean exactly um and then uh Jays have nowhere to play. They have yet to play their first home game in Buffalo, New York, because <laughs> they had to upgrade the stadium because no minor league stadium had adequate major league lighting. All right. So they had to make some adjustments to that state. Their AAA affiliate yeah. in Buffalo because Toronto didn't want them in there because of all the COVID brought in there.
1: Did they have to get rid of the the train tracks going through the infield? That I don't know. I I'd I thought never that's seen... I thought this were um, you know uh, Brewster's Millions where mm. they played that.
0: I did. not I, don't, I saw Brewster's Million once. I don't remember. <laughs> was that where the field was in the Buffalo? Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know. No, I think it was in Hackensack, New Jersey. And then uh, It was the Hackensack Bulls, I think. Oh, all right. God, I remembered something. What the hell is going only thing on I remember,
0: The only thing I remember about Brewster's Million is Richard Pryor was in it.
1: Yeah, Richard Pryor, John Candy. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. right. John Candy was in it. Uh, and then hockey. On March 10th at Epot FFA Ice Picks. A Centillating <laughs> 71-49 and or 59%. <laughs> Well, live and learn. I jumped in headfirst Saturday when the NHL started and have promptly went and delivered the fans can't get any worse 0 <laughs> 5 start to post COVID ice picks. Probably should have waited a week to see. I just which think you're team. cold, Mike. I, well, if I could be. <laughs> I'm not only cold, I'm frigid because I probably should have waited a week just to see where, you know, because hell, these teams haven't played in four months. So I'm going on, okay, this team four months ago was hot. Sure. And I like that line. But now they're playing at a neutral arena. Yep. Uh, um, you know, empty stadium, neutral arena. Four months after they played, you know, things change.
1: All it takes is one or two of those guys on that line to sit on their ass for three months and try to get back into. Exactly. Chemistry's lost a little bit, sure. But
0: it's my pledge to the fans. I will start generating winners on ice picks. So either that, or just bet the opposite of my picks. And hell, you'd be five and all if you just bet the opposite of the last two days. I do have Vancouver tonight, though. So hopefully Vancouver can salvage something.
1: What time is that?
0: Uh, not till ten o'clock. Oh, okay. See, the Red Sox just gave, squandered another lead. It's five five. The over obviously was a play in that game tonight. Yeah. Um, Yankees six and one. Twins seven two. In the AL, I had the Yanks to win the World Series uh, last week on the pod. National's scuffling a little bit at three and four and the Cubs have the best record in the uh, National League at 7-2. So seven and two. So and finally, last but certainly not least, the uh, Foxwood Resort Casino 301 from Loudon, New Hampshire, the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, Brad Kozlowski edged out he didn't edge him out, he beat him by like two seconds. Denny Hamlin, who's won five times, and Martin Truex Jr finished third, and the reason I bring that up is because Brad Kozlowski was my pick in my NASCAR pool. Thank you very much.
1: There you go. Um, and the
0: other thing is, I don't know how many, but uh, Loud, New Hampshire must have a little bit more lax COVID restriction because there were fans in the stands at that race. Okay. I yeah. mean, I don't know if they allowed it like to five... I mean, it's a huge place, <clears throat> so that even yeah. if there were 5,000 people there, it looked pretty empty. Yeah. So in other words, it looked like a n- normal NASCAR event. Yeah, we <laughs>
1: we were talking about that in uh the last pod
0: so uh oh and then yeah I guess the other thing sports related uh, before we rate uh the first tasting is that other thing in the bubble and if, if the bubble was being played in my driveway I wouldn't look out the window to watch have no idea what's going on in that and could care less
1: I actually I yeah I haven't not for any other reason that I've been gotten into some of the other sports I watched a little bit of golf wasn't terribly exciting but some of the guys that you know have been in, up at the leaderboard have been duking it out and it was a uh it was a drive and drive and chip show not a very long golf course so the scores are going to be like like you were saying you know like when you get some of those uh golf events where right. they're where they're struggling you know what yeah. I mean where they where the pros are actually required to hit some really difficult shots and they're right around par uh tends to be a little more exciting than the shootout this weekend but um in uh, memphis but it is a good cause st jude's
0: okay uh, see I, I saw a different golf tournament and it was weird because i was wondering why the guy just picked it up he was shooting for bogey and missed and had about yeah as a as our listeners cannot see how far apart my hands are <laughs> uh Right. but he just walked up with his putter and flicked the ball up and caught it. But apparently a bogey is minus one and then double bogey on is minus four. So, so he just took matter. it. He took his minus four for the hole and went on. And then, it, yeah, it's it just was called
1: a, a Stableford system. Okay. Yeah, you just get points for, yeah. how it, and
0: I didn't recognize any of the names in it. So I quickly turned the channel. Yeah.
1: All right. You want to rate this? Absolutely. My turn to go first. Yes, sir. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, let me take my little last uh, swig here. Yeah, that' not what we're used to in an IPA at the beginning, but it finishes well. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a 3.80.
0: Woo hoo,
1: Nelly! Because this has got a lot of drinkability for me.
0: All right, well, we're gonna be at opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I think I think Duke's even challenging your ranking on he that one. He probably is. <laughs>
1: He's probably, you're an idiot. You're um, an idiot.
0: Anything less than a two, I don't think you could have more than one. I think I could easily drink another one of these. So I'm going to go ahead and put it right at the 2.00. Too much champagne flavor, and like I told you, I do not like drinking champagne. The IPA flavor at the finish saved it, and I'll put it at a two, meaning like if we weren't doing this pod and you had only Midland Brew right. to drink, hell, bring them on. I'll, dr- I'll drink more, <laughs> but um, I'm going to go with 2.00. Well,
1: Mike, uh, let's get on to the second tasting. Uh, we're going to step it up a notch here. This is the Paralyzer. It's a double, it's an Imperial double IPA from Austin Brothers. Uh, I th- I, can I call this one of our favorite breweries? Yes, or? I was
0: just going to say, even even Austin Brothers stuff that I don't really like, I can drink because it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Paralyzer comes in at a 9.7%. Uh, and this is the kicker at 100 IBUs. Woo! Yeah. One zero zero, folks. The Untapped rating puts it though at a three point nine six, which goes with your theory that uh, the general Untapped crowd likes a punch to the teeth every once in a while. And that's got two thousand six hundred sixty-eight at this point check-ins. And uh, let's crack this. I like the can with the plane dropping the uh, the hot bombs. And, uh
0: can's almost the color of my house yeah it kind of is that light blue so hopefully i don't have a biased uh ranking just because of the color of the can
1: right
0: and per per usual just like when in, in a sporting event when the they're bragging up a kicker oh he hasn't missed a kick in 44 years he shanks one i was talking about how good our pores are now that's actually a decent commercial beer with oh, yeah, a, with some sure. head on it there. But I like your pour better than mine. But anyway, okay. cheers. cheers. Hello. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's hoppy. I yeah. like it, though.
1: Yeah. Well, you're typically... Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you like that, hey,
0: you know, put hair in your chest kind of a... Um. Hey, uh, one thing that... I'd, I probably forgot to start segment one with was our corrections corner. And I think the reason I forgot to start it is because I don't think we had any uh, correctable error from uh, episode 32. So a social distancing high five for the two of us (laughs) because either that or our listeners (laughs) just said, these guys are so fucking dumb. I'm tired of correcting them, but I don't think, I honestly don't think we had any mistakes in 32. So well done. There was,
1: there was some good fact checking in 32. So, you
0: know. Yeah, my my buddy Fish, he always says, you know, a little little research goes a long way. Um,
1: (laughs) Well, between Fish and Larry, if we... Oh, yeah, they'll
0: keep us on the straight and narrow for sure. Um,
1: Appreciate that. Now, I
0: wanted to talk about this last week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again because it's still six weeks out. But we got rolling on so many different things last week. I just said, ah, since there is so much time. Have you seen... Um, before we get into this day in sports, have you seen anything on the uh, upcoming battle so
1: the upcoming battle?
0: Yeah well I, I gotta lead into it I okay. can't just I can't just put the chips <laughs> on the table I gotta, um uh, let me see. All right so anyway uh, on event. September 12th I'm I'm guessing it's t- in celebration of the champs 53rd birthday. It is why they probably picked that date but Iron Mike Tyson
1: oh yes
0: and Roy Jones Jr. Are going to clash in the frontline battle on September 12th, 2020, at what did I have written down? At Dignity Sports Complex in Carson, California. It's an eight in an eight round exhibition. Apparently, they're not going to wear headgear, but they are going to wear the bigger gloves. Okay, you know, you know yeah. soften the cushion. Sure, sure. Um, now a little tail of the tape on these two fighters uh, Iron Mike, 54 years old. Roy Jones Jr., 51 years old. Um, Iron Mike's record was 50 and 6. Roy Jones Jr., 66 and 9. Nice. Now, the three year difference, I think Tyson can overcome, but the part that I don't like about it is.
1: Duke doesn't like it either. Yeah, he doesn't
0: like it. He he, he thinks this fight's a sham right from the start, and he voices opinion on it. Here's a huge difference. Roy Jones Jr., both of them were losses, by the way, for both fighters, but Roy Jones Jr.'s last fight was June of 2018. I, I'm sorry, February of 2018. So, two wow. years ago.
1: Yeah.
0: You know when Iron Mike's last professional fight was? 12 years ago? Uh, June of 2005. Oh. So he hasn't fought in 15 years. <laughs> um, so... You you wonder what he's got in the tank, right? Or uh, but here's my big and the opening lo- number on the fight is both fighters are minus a dollar ten, meaning you have to uh, bet one hundred and ten dollars to win a hundred either way you go. If you if I have to bet the fight right now, I'm going with Roy Jones Jr. simply because he's three years younger and he's fought more recently. Sure. Yeah. Um, but. Here's where I'm a little leery of putting any money on the fight, because the executive director of the California State Athletic Commission, Andy Foster, says, this isn't a situation where they're going out there to try to take each other's heads off. They're just going to be in there moving around the ring and letting fans see the legends. And I'm like, well, when I read that, it's like, I, don't, I would, I don't even know if I would want to Paid for the pay per view because is, is this just going to be like Tyson Jones in a Cinemax after dark type thing where they're just right. going around like cat fighting each other and they're going to hit each other with pillows? Yeah. Now, on the other hand, like if you, <laughs> if you see what uh, Roy Jones Jr.'s uh, press stuff is like, oh, Tyson's like a pit bull, You never know what to expect from him, so I'm going to be ready. But right. I think, I, you know, so he's actually trying to sell the fight. But whereas this, you know, the California Athletic Commission guy is like, well, you know they're just gonna, cause I guess Tyson's promoting a, yeah. a Legends event type thing, right? So it's like, but I mean I don't want to just I mean if those guys are just gonna go around and dance, I can watch WWE for that,
1: <laughs> right? I mean, no, I mean I I would imagine the promote the the guy with the the California, what's his title again?
0: He's the. Uh, Executive Director of California State Athletic Commission. Okay. So he he basically he's making sure fights are on the up and up.
1: That, and he's probably tied to a little more liability as far as, you know what I mean? Right. He's Uh, got to be a little more honest about it. Otherwise, if he starts promoting something that really isn't going to happen, then the next time he tries to promote a fight, people are going to go, well, you lied about the last one.
0: Right, true. Because all they did was
1: dance around and play patty cake for...
0: Right, yeah. but that's what. But he's basically For eight rounds. Yeah, it's an eight round exhibition, oh, and he's yeah. basically saying that's what they're going to do is <laughs> dance around and play patty. King. Yeah. So who's going to want to see that? Yeah, No, not me. Um, anyway, this fight's going to be available on pay per view. I think it, it's forty four ninety nine, and on the social media platform Triller. So okay, I've never heard of it. Um, is that it,
1: a spinoff of uh, a Michael Jackson platform? I think so. Okay.
0: Triller, Thriller, and Twitter, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. Uh, TikTok combined, and they've spun it off in a trailer. And uh, the main undercard fight, Dave, I know you're going to be interested in, is YouTuber Jake Paul versus retired league that I won't mention, uh, veteran Nate Robinson. Jake Paul is one and zero as a fighter, so he's got that going for him. <laughs> He's a YouTuber and he's one and only. Okay. Has a fight. So, <laughs> so, did he fight the paper
1: boy? I don't know.
0: The guy he fought, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't recognize his name. And I even did some research and I looked him up. And he, all it says is he's a YouTuber. And he he does have some musical videos, but yeah, musical videos, uh, some songs Music out there. Videos. They, they suck. I mean, sure,
1: but, YouTube videos. And then,
0: anyway, he's going to fight Nate Robinson as one of the undercards. So <laughs> anyway, we get you know, <laughs> right. Ah. Uh, are we nice. are we doing this day in sports? Yeah, yes. Is that where yeah. we're at? Yes, sir. That's where we're at. Okay.
1: All right. This might be a this day in sports someday.
0: Yes, yes. it will be. And um,
1: the day Mike Tyson yeah, had a had a stroke when we do in the so, fifth round of the exhibition. So it'll, <laughs> if we do
0: a, if we do a podcast on my birthday in twenty twenty one, it'll be like, hey, a year ago today, Mike Tyson stroked out in the ring.
1: Is it? Your, it's not your birthday.
0: September twelfth. That's what I said. It's on the Champs. Oh,
1: on September. I'm thinking today, this oh, day no. in sports. Sorry, yeah. I have I have my head in uh, or, um, August second. Sorry. All right. So funny you talk about boxing though, Mike, because my first one for this day in sports: seventeen-year-old Floyd Patterson in 1952 wins the gold medal in the middleweight division at the Helsinki Olympics.
0: All right, Big Floyd. Yeah. Um. I'm a little more recent, but not very recent. Actually, 47 years ago today, future Hall of Famer George Brett collects his first Major League Baseball hit in his debut in a 3-1 win versus the Chicago White Sox.
1: Nice. Good old George. Tough player. All right, uh, 28, I believe 28, if my math is right, 28 years ago. Um. I like this one because it's a track one. American Jackie Joyner-Kersey, first athlete to win consecutive gold medals in the grueling heptathlon with a 199-point victory in Barcelona. Now, a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, okay, well, 199-point victory is is pretty solid. That's a... That's it's a, a route almost. That's, I don't a, that's a decent butt kicking.
0: Yeah, I don't understand the scoring in the heptathlon. Well, in fact, David, you're the track guy. I mean, I don't even know what events are in the track uh, the heptathlon.
1: Well, let me tell you, Mike. All right. Um, day one, if I remember right, is um, the 100 and 200 are in day one. So, or Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. The, the 100-meter hurdles, the 200-meter dash, uh, the high jump, and the shot put. The second day is long jump, javelin, and the 800-meter. So um, we had we recently had a, a, an area uh, athlete, uh, Lauren Huebner. She won. Uh, obviously, they didn't have track this last year, so she is still, she holds the the year before, if I'm not mistaken. So she should still be the national champion, Division two, in the heptathlon.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. If they didn't play, she's still the champ. Yeah. Now, scoring on that, like, would it, am I to assume correctly? Like, okay, you win the you win the shot put. You throw it a million miles. You get ten points, and whoever finished second gets nine, and whoever finishes well, three. yeah, it,
1: it's like that. But it's actually it's graduated. It's it's scaled a little bit higher. So if you throw so many, no, if you it's not based on places. It's based on how far you throw. So for example, um, you know, like uh, Lauren, she's not a she's not a Uh, she's not a big husky, you know, super strong person. Her, you know, her events are the 100 meter hurdles, you know, the running events, long jump, stuff like that. So, you know, she wouldn't do as well in the shot put, but if you get somebody in there that can chuck it, you know, a female can chuck it 70 feet, you know, she's going to hit the top of the point scale. Um, So I think, uh, if I remember right, you're going to get a couple hundred points for throwing it, uh, for the women, for throwing it 42 feet, let's say. Oh. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, actually, I, I like my scoring system better. It's much more simpler. You get 10 oh, for yeah. first, 9 oh, for it's second. Not, it's not
1: simple by any <laughs> yeah. stretch,
0: no. Um, uh, The only other uh, this day in sports I have is 10 years prior to your event, Jackie Joyner-Kersey, and 38 years ago today, the A's Ricky Henderson steals his 100th bag in a 6-5 one versus Seattle. He was he be- fast. He becomes the first to steal 100 bases twice in the modern era. And if for no other reason, I mention that as my This Day in Sports, simply because I'm pretty sure that's the third time I've mentioned Ricky Henderson as my This Day in Sports. That means on three of our pods, Ricky Henderson did something phenomenal. I almost feel he's obligated to be on the pod. I, so we should call we, him. We got to reach out to him, see if you can. I mean, I'll even make the exception he doesn't have to sample our beers because I have no idea how we'd get Ricky the beers. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, he. this is the third time he has done something special on the day of one of our pods.
1: Oh, he was awesome.
0: So it's just... Um, that, like I said, that's the only reason why I brought it up this time, because there wasn't a whole lot else to talk about, and it was like, right. oh, that's the third time I've mentioned Ricky Anderson. Let's get him on the pod. So
1: I, I just fact-checked myself a little bit. Um, the In the heptathlon, and also for the decathlon, uh, the formula that they— We cons- call it a deck. deck sorry. Uh, it's constructed so that for each event, the designated standard performance— Uh, for that event, like for example, in the high jump, um, this, what I've got up right here, of course, is in the metric. So one, 1.82 meters for the high jump, uh, scores a thousand points. Oh, okay. So if you hit the standard, like, you know, if you're a, if you're a, um, um, you know, one of the higher performing athletes and you hit the standard mark for that particular event, you get a thousand points. Oh, okay. So on and so forth. So,
0: Yeah. 199 is still a pretty big route. Speaking of fact-checking, though, I did tell the listeners, because you questioned, it's like, well, those are se- separate. Those are same people's tested multiple times. And if, if we go with the, the rule of 1,500.
1: Going back to the pe- baseball, yeah. If we go
0: back to 1,500 people, be it player or staff, and 29 positives, that still is 98.1% positive. Right. And the other key that nobody mentioned is, and, and and like my, my buddy again, another shout out to my buddy at Fishman Eight. He, he tweeted out it's like, <laughs> he said because maybe somebody's obese ninety-seven-year-old grandmother might get it and die. It's like of the Marlins. How many of the Marlins are actually sick? I mean, if this was pre-COVID, the could the only sick Marlins... baseball
1: player I've heard of is Freddie,
0: and or... he recovered. Yeah, and he that because he sure. actually was sick before the season. Then that's what I'm saying is like so. And there's actually still, in the, even in the medical profession, there's still some debate on and if an asymptomatic person can transmit oh. the, the virus to somebody. I, so the Marlins is like they're they're taking a bad, they're a shitty baseball team anyway. So it's not like <laughs> it's not like they were going to make any noise, but it's like these are guys that they went out, they made a bad decision. Shit, who doesn't make bad decisions, especially when you're making that kind of money. But how many of them, if this wasn't COVID, how many of them would have went out and played baseball and nobody would have known anything? Because you know, the one guy probably would have went three for three with three homers. Oh,
1: sure, yeah,
0: and would have been just fine, and nobody knew anything about it. Right. So
1: again, it's just it's uh, it's everybody rolling the dice. It's the it's the it's the what if you know scenario that uh, supposedly, and I'm not going to go into it because everybody can argue till they're blue in the face. It's it's, everybody's afraid of the what if scenario Right What if this were to happen
0: Right And and like I say and You know You and I have talked Even on non-pod days And that pisses me off To no end These non-what These what if situations Because Again People die in car crashes I don't want people driving anymore Because people die
1: that's a solid argument.
0: People just got back. They just dropped them in the Gulf of Mexico. I didn't even know astronauts were up in space, but apparently they landed in the Gulf of Mexico today. <laughs> oh, did they landed not going to watch that. With okay. a successful mission. Yeah. But yet what about the Challenger? That blew up, killed what, seven people, including that uh, in, innocent teacher. Yeah. I don't want any more space exploration because eight people lost their lives. That was a pretty horrific event. I remember watching that. Right. And and I, there, there's no joke there. That's a that's serious. And, you know, so why should we do that? Because eight people died when they shot a rocket up. What were they doing? They were looking to see if there was life on Jupiter or wherever the fuck they were going. <laughs> Who cares what they were doing? but it was like eight people died. So I want it stopped.
1: Right.
0: There are plane crashes. People die. Stop it. There's no more. You know. So the what if scenario is like okay. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, we can go round and the, round. Yeah, this, yeah.
1: this could become the COVID pod if we Yeah, we, we
0: could come. Yeah, and the thoughts are paralyzing, so <laughs> let's rate the paralyzer.
1: <laughs> you're you're up first on the second one. All
0: right. Um, back to the basics. IPA. Um, obviously, love the IPA. Very good. Crisp. 100 IBUs. I didn't think it was that bitter. It had a little bit of bitterness to it, but... Yep. I like the i uh, the untapped rating, mm-hmm. the untapped rating was three point nine six. I am gonna I'm gonna better them one, and go three point nine seven. Not you quite ballsy is not quite a four. You know shit three point nine seven not quite a four. Thanks, <laughs> Captain Obvious.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so in terms of drinkability on this, I think if this were my first beer uh the bitterness and the the loyal listeners would know eh, i yeah for sure i'll drink it it's a good ipa um it it hits me in the gut a little bit too much probably wouldn't have a second one whereas the first one we had you know i would you know i rated that at a 3.80 so i'm gonna put this at a 3.70 Just because I would, I would have a, I would have a second brute, probably before I would have a second one of these. Not oh, bad. I like it. It's a good right. IPA. I've got it at in, you know in the high threes, but. Um, I
0: would have a second, a third, a fourth, and then like by the fifth one, i have probably got a little drool coming down my mouth <laughs> as, as my head bobs to the table.
1: Okay, well, Mike, if you can pick your head up off the table long enough to uh, do our third tasting. We've got uh, Incessant. It's an Imperial double IPA. Oh, excuse me, an Imperial New England IPA. Um, It comes in at, uh, from Bell's Brewery, sorry about that. Comes in at 8.5%. The IBUs is the infamous NA. Untapped rating of 4.04 with 8,139 check-ins. So it's our highest rating on untapped with the highest number of check-ins. So uh, we might have saved the best for last.
0: All right, and you did say incessant, not in, incest, right? In- correct, incessant, right. yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm glad cause that would be awkward drinking beer called incest.
1: <laughs> a little bit. That'd be a marketing faux pas, I think.
0: Well, unless, unless you're into that stuff, of course. All right. As we pour this beer, by the way, I want to look shout out to uh, the listeners out there who follow, only listen to this show for my reviews of shows. Shameless Season 10. Uh, Liz and I are seven episodes deep. Arguably could be the best episode, best episode, the best season of Shameless. So if you're not a Shameless fan... I urge you to get on track and and watch it, because it's... I might do that. It's uh, politically incorrect as it comes, and Frank Gallagher is like a modern-day hero, quite frankly. (laughs) So let's uh, try Incessant. Oh. Yep. Fruity taste to it, yes. No... Mm Mm-hmm. The N.A. comes in handy there, because there's no bitterness at all, so... N a no bitterness, and they just spelled bitterness with an a. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, definitely uh, New England. Yep. Um,
0: yeah. Very uh, solid drinkability. All right, Dave. Before we get to the random question, I got to go on a little bit of a tangent. And okay. as the guys at work know, you know, like I know that there's at least three of the guys that were listening to the pod: Chuck, Dave, and Brian. Most of my stories have many, many detours until we get to the bottom line of it. So you you right. got to kind of bear with me because I'm going to eventually tie this all together okay. into the random question. All
1: right, I'll trust you.
0: Um, anyway, what what is our, and by our I mean today's society, um, the infatuation with making a good thing better? For instance, just a couple of examples. Uh-huh. Life cereal. I actually love Life cereal. Yeah. There's a chocolate Life
1: cereal. I don't like that as much. Exactly. I
0: mean, it's edible. You're trying too hard. You know, Oreo is another perfect example. Right. I mean, like the Oreo is the Oreo. I mean, why fuck with it? Even though there are some variations, like the thin. Right. Um, pistachio. Right. Whew. Right. To die for, it's delicious. So right. you and, and people are listening. It's like, well, if you can make it better, Mike, what is what is your argument, you stupid asshole? Then you're making the best better. It's like, but <laughs> all right, bear with me. You know, okay, that's yeah, you got me on that one, but I, I'm going I was somewhere. So in my you, head, just the, shut mint, uh, the
1: mint, I could probably eat enough to throw up on. Yeah,
0: right. But it, everything's just fine. So, but like, or you know, like, or even better, autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Come on. How do you <laughs> go from Oreos <laughs> to that? That's what I mean. Now, okay, how does somebody sit there like, you know, you, you just had the big O, and you're like, you're thinking to yourself, ah, there's got to be a way to make this better. There just <laughs> oh there just gosh. has to be a way to make this better. And then somebody says, you know what, I got an idea. You tie a belt. And then, and, and then like... And if it's if you time it right, supposedly it's fantastic. But oh why in the world God. would you why would you press it? why would you cross that line? It's like I'm happy with this. like okay, time to go to bed. Right. So, um, now anyway, in what what I would agree with you on that. Why
1: why is there a reason to yeah okay exactly.
0: So yeah. that's what I'm saying. But somebody somewhere along the line said, you know what, I can make this better if I. Push the envelope. Yeah, yes. and, you know. So and it's just that the, the whole thing is just weird. That now, and what ultimately <laughs> will end up being the worst segue ever, since Chris Cornell actually just hung himself. And before I get into that, okay, I always oh I, kinda, I always kind of chuckle <laughs> <laughs> when somebody in the twenty first century. <laughs> When somebody in the twenty-first century, Stay with that Focus. When somebody in the twenty-first century kills themselves by hanging, <laughs> to me that is just—it's just—it's just so weird. It's like, you know, <sighs> I just can't go on with day-to-day life anymore, and <sighs> I want to die like it was the old west. <laughs> I mean, why? Why would you choose that method of death? I just—to me, I just always chuckle when I see somebody died by hanging. Now, yeah, now, no, in fairness, like I say, in the worst segue ever, okay. Chris Cornell did not was not doing uh, autoerotic asphyxiation like David Carradine was. Chris Cornell just simply hung himself.
1: Okay,
0: you know, but
1: I'll trust you because I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. Right. So segment. anyway, yes, yeah,
0: th- those those are facts. Yeah, you you can fact check out there. There's no errors and all that. Okay. That's why I say it was it was arguably the worst segue ever. But, um, <laughs> and before I actually get into the uh, random question and it's coming around full circle okay, we're taking I, we're, on our third, yeah. we're on our third detour right sure. now but uh it's like what is it with artists coming out with music after they've passed away like did chris cornell leave a note in his nightstand in the back corner of the second drawer saying hey if the uh, stool from under my feet should happen to tip over as I'm trying to clean the light fixture with a rope around my neck, check the uh, Lazy Susan because I've got a couple recordings that I want you to release after my demise. Yeah,
1: I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe. Seriously, because Maybe. anyway, because anyway, here we go. Long story short, too late, but Chris Cornell. They have recently released Chris Cornell's version of, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Guns and Fucking Roses, patience. No. Oh. And a, a different a, version. As far as cover tunes go, Chris Cornell's version, as good as he was in other stuff. Patience by Chris Cornell. <laughs> sucks whether he's alive or dead it still sucks but it came out after he had passed away okay so anyway here we go
1: okay you're tying it in
0: tell the law to the what are your three favorite cover tunes and Mm. we're going to start with number three and we'll work up to our number one and i'll start it off to let you know what i'm looking for here Alright, my number three cover is the 1975 Fleetwood Mac song, Landslide, performed by the Smashing Pumpkins. No. I actually think the Smashing Pumpkins may do it better than Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac. Wow. So that is my number three cover, the Smashing Pumpkins, Landslide.
1: So you're asking me about music. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be a total flop, and I'm going to look like an ass again. Because I don't, between jokes and music, I'm not, I mean, I listen to music. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I'm not going to, oh my God, as far as like committing this shit to memory. um, You know, originally you were saying like cover tunes. I'm like, well, like, you know, like uh, Brown Eyed Girl and those kind of things. But I don't know who's I. I'll be honest with you. I don't know who's played what. Um, as far as like an established band plays a, a cover of somebody else's stuff. Oh shit! I I've, I'm I'm gonna admit it right now. I'm I'm not gonna know. I don't have a single answer. You don't have
0: one cover song. Not
1: one. Not, not not a single one that I can have come to mind.
0: And then and Larry, <laughs> therein lies wild why there is some preparation and backstory to the random question, which you seem to hate so much, that, you know, that's why there's some lead-in needs to be done. But anyway, there's not I can't one
1: think of. I'm sorry, I can't think of one right now that all my favorite bands, Huh. Zach Brown is too new for anybody to cover their song, their stuff. Van Halen, who covers their stuff?
0: Um... Actually, it's funny you mentioned Van Halen because in my original top three, I had "Dance Night Away" as my number three song. But then I okay, Roy, I, I researched it. Roy Anderson. I researched it, and "Dance Night Away" is a Van Halen original. It's not a cover song. So I would have looked like a bigger <laughs> ass than you do for not knowing anything. You, so, so yeah. you're talking okay? You're talking Van Halen's "Pretty Woman" then by Roy Orbison. There's a yeah, cover yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. So that's your number three cover. And I would rather listen to Van Halen <laughs> oh, for
1: sure. a thousand times over right, than so, Roy okay. Orbison's.
0: So we're gonna get Van Halen. So now that's my number one. All right. No, no. no you're. Let's start with number three. <laughs> all right. That might be your number one. We'll see right. as if, if as I'm describing my number two. Right. If you can come up with another one, so one of yours is. Uh, pretty Van woman Hillens, pretty woman pretty woman by uh, roy Orbison. right all right and like i say i admit though like i say uh can you, uh so fine and pretty moving with the and ease. ease and for some reason i thought that was a cover tune <laughs> stupid <laughs> me luckily at fishman 8 i did my research and i found out that was not a cover tune all right my number two is sound of silence the 1966 Simon and Garfunkel oh,
1: performed wow. by
0: performed by Disturbed. And it's it actually, speaking to Larry, Blackhawk Larry, um, Sound of Silence is one of his favorite songs by Simon and Garfunkel. And when I said that Disturbed did it, he was like, oh, they're, they won't even be close. They're knowing And he listened to it, and he's like, I think he still likes Simon and Garfunkel's version better, Yeah. but he's like, all right, I'll, you know, I tip my cap. Disturbed pretty, would, did a pretty good the, version. I'd be
1: on the fence on that one, to be honest with you. I would have a hard time, you know, between the between Simon and Garfunkel and. Well, I like um, Disturbed version better.
0: I like well, I, I like I like my uh, my uh, right. covers versions better of all of them. Right. And uh, my number one. I've never ever heard of the band that originally sang in nineteen sixty four, Jay Frank and the Cavaliers. Okay. Did a song that Pearl Jam redid? Really?
1: Yeah.
0: And it was "Last Kiss." Oh. And Pearl Jam did version. Not know that. Pearl Jam version is just amazing. And oh where oh where can my baby, baby be? be? The law took her away from, from me. me. Sure. She's gone to heaven, so I got you know. So yeah, and, yeah. and and if you listen to both of them. Pearl Jam is way better than Jay Frank and the Cavaliers, so that is my number I didn't one know that cover. Was a cover. That, is, that that is my uh, number one cover. Sometimes
1: I have to fast forward through that, just because it, you know, like I, you know, I'm not in that kind of a somber like. Oh, that's what makes mode. it bad. You, you, you're driving
0: down the road, you got a tear rolling down <laughs> your eye, the yeah. busting glass, right? Oh, the screeching tires, the busting glass. The painful screams that I heard. Okay. Yeah, and the listeners appreciate
1: that, but they're like, "Hey, don't quit your day job, Mike." Let's no, they're on. thinking continue they're on not, with the pod. I, I
0: think what they're thinking is, you know what? I might like Mike's version <laughs> of it better than Pearl Jam's.
1: Yeah. Um, no. All
0: right. So, you, you, have you thought of any? <laughs> as I've given you my time? I'm like trying
1: you? to think through my because I mentioned Van Halen because that's one of my favorite bands of all time. All right, I'm going to give you a
0: hint that you I know you like the, the cover better. Um, yeah. I saw him standing there by the record machine. Shut up. Don't you? Yes. That's a cover? Yes, it's a cover. It's an 82 cover from the uh, Arrows. The Arrows originally sang it in See, this is how much I
1: don't know about music. Oh. And so, I, Well, I just...
0: everybody knows. What about Crimson and Clover? You had to know if Joan Jett's Crimson and Clover was a cover song. No!
1: I'm well, telling you I, yeah, yeah. I don't All
0: right. <laughs> I All right. Note to self. No more musical <laughs> random questions for Dave. For Dave. No.
1: Yeah. Unless you can unless you sing a part of a lyric. And I can, you know, pick the artist or something like that. I mean, I,
0: but what other random question? I mean, in thirty-three episodes, we have never went from autoerotic asphyxiation to hanging in the eighteen hundreds <laughs> to cover tunes. I mean, it all tied so seamlessly it, together. It did. I mean, we it's went amazing, a long Mike. we went a long way around the block to get there, but it all tied so seamlessly together.
1: It was amazing. You're a genius, and I appreciate you for for being my partner on this pod. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Shall we rate this? Yeah, I think we
0: should. All right. The only struggle with the rating of this beer is what beer did I like better, the Paralyzer or Incessant? I know mine. So, uh, because
1: the Incessant had the New England, the fruity, um new england ipa taste i'm enjoying this a lot i could have i could i could on a you know on a particular night be under the table with this one so i'm going to actually go above the untapped crowd and i'm going to go with a
0: 4.15 yikes what say you like you, I liked it a lot. I, I, you know, I, I could drink this till I threw up on myself, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I rate a good beer. If, I can, if you, if you can drink it till you puke on yourself, it's a good beer. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to give the nod to Paralyzer of the, you know, Paralyzer is my champ tonight. Okay. And if I rated Paralyzer three nine seven, I'm going to give Incessant. A three nine four, simply because a right. tad fruitier taste with incessant, right? And I'm not the fruitier taste, but it, like you said, delicious. And I could have many, many more, but since I, I I do like Paralyzer better, so I can honestly say I can't rate Incessant higher than Paralyzer yep. if I like it better.
1: Yep. Paralyzer had that punch to the gut yep. that you like. Yep.
0: Exactly. But. Let me give one more drink here. And as I look down into my rusted spoke brewing company glass, I can see I'm out of beer. And as the late great Stuart Scott said, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here.